this is so awkward to do this live in front of people because normally it's just the studio, right? Yeah, I know. I know. All right. All right. Hey, men, welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. Buna. We're back to foreign languages. We're back to it. Bunai? Buna. 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 Nothing. Anybody out there? Buna. Do you guys know what Buna means? Fiji? No. Buna. B-U-N-A. Any Romanians in here? Romanian. Grandma? It means grandma? Dude, what are you throwing grandma at me for? I'll call you a grandma. Is that? No. (laughs) This is a great start. This This makes me question every foreign language you've ever thrown at me in this uh, this podcast. Look it up. Look it up. No Romanians in the house. Are you Romanian? So there, I just, I looked it up right there. So So he's saying it wrong. Say hi in Romanian. You left off an entire half of the word. That's like saying sa. It's like saying sa. No, you cannot turn other people's language into American slang. Why not? Why not? Why not? I just went off what Google said. Siri, Siri confirmed it, so Siri's Romanian in England, and uh, yeah, anyway, what was this episode Dude, about? I just want you to go up to somebody this weekend that you don't know and just say grandmother to them when you walk up to them. No, hey, I just, grandma. I just, want, I just want to say it to you. Because if you had gone to Romania and just been like, dude, I, I'm, I know how to say hello to people, you would have just been calling everybody grandma all day long. That, well, somebody should fix Google then. Somebody should. Somebody should. I'm going to call well, anyways, one of big guys. We are grandma. here, if you're hearing guys in the background and, and wondering what's going on, if you're listening to this on the, the podcast uh, universe sphere, uh, we are with our men from Compass Bible Church at our men's breakfast, and we're here to talk about the subject of biblical friendship. And that's something that I think, Kellen, that men struggle with um, in a lot of ways, just because we are less, inherently, we're just l- most of the time less social than our female counterparts. Yeah, totally. Um, and we see it with Compass Active a lot, uh, just getting men to come out, sometimes even go on hikes. It's like, wait, I got to go out with other guys for two hours. Like, what are we going to talk about? Meanwhile, the women are like, can we make it five hours? Like, I, I don't have enough to talk about. Like, it's great. And so, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. And we see it a lot uh, yeah. of guys just being able to open up and uh, just share a, a feeling or two. It's like, Look it's, at that shameless plug that you just gave for Compass Active, too. It's I like, got like three oh, hey, by the way, ready for this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, we do a monthly golf outing here at our church, and, and that's four hours where you're with another guy in a golf cart, and it's just the two of you. Yeah. So when COVID hit and golf course, courses started opening back up again, they were sending guys out one in each cart, and I think it was the greatest thing that ever happened to men. <laughs> they were like, you mean I don't have to sit with another guy for yeah, four hours? I can packed. go by myself? I bet. Yeah, but what, what makes friendship so difficult? Think, who was your best friend growing up? Yeah, so my best friend was actually uh, uh, my cousin, if that can be my best friend too. Uh, yeah, we used to talk every day. It was kind of weird. Now that I look back on it, like literally every day we talk, and a lot of the same things we talk about, it just we just rehash it and talk about it over and over again. But uh, yeah, he knew everything about me, and really, it's because we grew up together, and so there was nothing to hide. Like he saw all of you know the flaws and how much I got in trouble and everything. So it wasn't like I had to put on a front. He knew it all. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was a great relationship because he was one that knew so much about me uh, yeah. without effort. And he was always around me. And right. uh, so yeah, he was my best friend all the way up through high school and 
the only thing that separated us when I went to college that made it a little distant, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's something that's natural and easy about friendship when we're younger, where we all can remember our best friend and what his name was and what you guys used to do together. I grew up in Texas, so I had a big open field behind me and there were hay bales, so we used to go build forts on the hay bales in the back until one spontaneously busted. We did not tip cows, no. Okay. Uh, we didn't have cows, but we had hay bales. Me neither. But there was something just easy about friendship for, for us to play. Well, now, fast forward to where we're at now, and, and as Christian men, we would think that friendship should be low-hanging fruit for us, right? We, would, we should think that, like, well, we've got Christ, and so it's, we've got the common bond of Christ. We should just naturally be friends, and it should be easy, but it's not. Um, there's an author whose name is Jonathan Holmes who wrote a book called The Company That We Keep, and uh, in that book, he talks about biblical friendship, and he distinguishes it from, from fellowship, and I think a lot of us have a lot of fellowship friends, but not necessarily biblical friends. And he says this, he says, biblical friendship is this, it's fellowship that has been given added depth, refinement, and detail through active investment in each other's lives. Active investment in each other's lives. I think a lot of us have what maybe we would call it acquaintances, where we have guys at church that we can sit with at, a, at a, an event like this. We have guys at church that we can talk with on the patio as long as it's staying at a certain shallow level. Right. But those biblical friends are those friends when life starts to go south for you, those are the ones that, they're the first calls that you make. And I wonder how many people are on that call list? How many people are on that speed dial list for us? Yeah. Maybe you're struggling with your marriage or something's going on with your kids or maybe you lose a loved one. Who are the ones that you're turning to first from the church? Those are those men that you would put in that category and say, okay, those are the, the, the biblical friends that we have. Yeah, and it's so easy to have a ton of acquaintances and no biblical friends. And you might feel that way coming to church and it's like, man, I talked to like 50 different people. But then how many of those do you truly have that relationship where they know they know the things about you that not everybody else knows, right? They know the, 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 the challenges that you have in life, the things that you need constant prayer for, the things that you need constant help with. Those are the friends that we're talking about. And more often than not, you're gonna have probably a handful of those. And you probably should only have a handful of those because just the time and the investment that you're yep. gonna want to go into that friendship, it, you gotta have the space and the bandwidth for that. Right. So having you know, 10 biblical friends, unless it's a group, right. uh, and even if so, if you have a group, then getting into an individual relationship within that group so that you have somebody that you're going an extra level deeper right. with. Right, another way to think of it, men, is how many, as the writer of Proverbs says, right? Faithful are the what of a friend? wounds of a friend. Right. So men, how many men do you have in your life that are willing to wound you in that way? Uh, because the flip side is profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Mm -hmm. So if your friends are just simply guys in your life that are telling you how awesome you are and how great you are, then you need new friends. You need to get some friends in your life that are willing to put their finger in, their ch in your chest and stand up to you and say, look, this is something that's out of line in keeping with your profession of faith. This is something that's out of line in keeping with your relationship with Christ. So uh, let's talk about it though. What does biblical friendship look like? And I think one of the first things that we need to understand about biblical friendship is biblical friendship is first and foremost an act of service. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's about the other person and it's about loving the other person and in loving the other person, loving the Lord too. A couple of passages to think about. Philippians chapter two, right? Philippians chapter two, verses one through four. Paul says this, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. 
Now here's the, the outworking of that. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves and let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. That's a paradigm shift from the world's definition of friendship. The world's definition of friendship is how does it benefit yep, me, right? Totally. Uh, this is saying, no, how can I love others? There's another passage, Kellen, in, in John 13 from yeah. Jesus with the upper room. What, uh, talk to us about that text. Yeah, so John 13 verses 34 and 35 says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So that, that concept of that, that outwardly showing of our, our friendship and our love it should make the world be like, what, what's up with that? Or like, wh why are you giving so much to that person? Why are you investing so much? It shouldn't be the average friendship that we see upon the world, which we talked about earlier, is that surface level. Just having a lot of people around you to make you feel like you're supported right. when right. push comes to shove. When, you, when it's time to pick up the phone and call somebody, a lot of those people aren't available. Yeah, and in the context of John 13, right, man, is, as Jesus is saying there, love one another as I have loved you. What did Jesus, what had he just done with the disciples? He had washed their feet, feet right? So you've got all the disciples going, man, really? Really, I gotta wash the feet of, of other people? But what was Jesus about to do? He was about to go to the cross, right? So when we think about this sacrificial love for one another, that's, that's a key marker of biblical friendship. It's that Acts 4, as Pastor Mike preached on here at Compass Bible Church a couple weeks ago, that sacrificial willingness to, to just to meet others' needs. And that was amazing just in, in God's providence how those, the, the, the fires came right after that. And we saw our church step up and be that. We saw biblical friendship in action as people were calling those that were in the evacuation zones going, hey, do you need a place to stay? I've got my home. Right. Bring your family and let them crash on the floor. We're here. We've got what, whatever you need. It's, it's yours, Yeah. right? Um, and so it's, it's, it's others-minded. But let's break it down and talk about three components, three more components of biblical friendship beyond the, the serving. The first is that it has to have an upward component, right? right. What's the upward component, Kellen, that it's got to have? So that upward component is for us to be able to have a relationship with God, right? In order for us to be able to pour into other people, and like we read in John 13, is in order for us to love one another as God has loved us, we need to have a relationship with God. Otherwise, we don't know how to properly love. We, we, we love based on what's convenient for us. And so that, that means, you know, it's not necessarily a sacrifice. It's like, well, if you need a favor, if you need something, I'm not willing to put everything down unless, you know, if I have an opening in my schedule, then yes, I'll do it. But when God, the God's love for us is, it, it, it's always there. It's, it's the greatest love that we can have. And so for us to be able to give that to our friends, we need to understand the love that God is talking about. Otherwise, we're just quickly gonna revert to, what does love mean to me, like the rest of the world does? And then you have all of these different subjective ideas of what love is, and none, none of it is comparing to what God's love for us is. Right, and the other thing too is, is if your relationship with the Lord is not intact, you're not gonna be able to love others the, the way that he wants you to. You're not gonna be able to be that biblical friend that he's calling you to be. Think of the fruit of the spirit that Pastor Mike just preached on in, uh, out of Galatians 5 recently. Think of how many of those have to do with our relationships with others. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right? faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So many of those you can't effectively manifest unless you're in relationship with other people, unless you're in community with other people. 
Uh, it's something that God has designed us to be in, in community with one another. That's part of the way that we image and reflect God as our designer and as our creator um, is through being in relationship with one another. And it's, our, our, our biblical friendships are only gonna be as effective as our relationship with Christ is fervent. Um, we need to make sure that we've got that line to the, to the Lord, that line to God intact before we're focusing on, in on well, why don't I have solid friendships? Mm. And maybe for some of us listening to this and, and engaged with this, it's thinking, well, I don't have a lot of solid biblical friendships. And maybe one of the reasons is, is because your relationship with the Lord has been struggling. You've been waning there. You haven't been leaning into that. That's been on life support. And if you want those biblical friendships to, to start coming to fruition, man, we need to first focus on where we're at with Christ, first focus on our walk with the Lord. Right. And uh, the other piece of that is just understanding what you're looking for in a friend. And that transitions us to our next one is inward. So a lot of times when we're looking for a friend, the, the fleshly side of us is saying, let me go get somebody that's going to agree with me. Let me go get somebody that's just like me. Let me go get somebody that is, you know, not going to push back that, you know, we can go have a good time and I don't have to worry about them calling me out. There's no conflict there. And oftentimes when we go search for that friend, it's such a niche, like, personality that you're looking for, you're just not going to find it. And if you do, it's just, it's detrimental to as far as that friendship. And so that biblical friendship is, Pastor PJ, what are some of the things we should be looking for and thinking about as we look for a biblical friendship? Well, let me back up first and say, not everybody can find a friend that's just like them. But when I saw Kellen for the first time, I was like, dude, that guy is just like He's him. my twin. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm a 5'10 white dude. He's a 6'7 black guy. Clearly, this is a match made in heaven, right? Yeah, this is, I, I this is biblical friendship thing. written all over it. I was like, he can really lift up my basketball team if I just yeah. get him on yeah. my team. So athletic. Right. And he has five kids, Dude. so that's even better. I know he can multitask. That's it. I'm starting to pray for six kids for you now. I'm just, that's... <laughs> no, but biblical friendship, rather than looking for how does it benefit me, right? And we're talking about, first it's upward. It has to do with our relationship with the Lord. Second, it's inward, but not inward towards yourself, inward towards one another in the church, right? That we are talking about friendships amongst believers at this point. And it should be about benefiting the other person. Like we talked about already in Philippians 2, and in John 13, it's this other's mindedness that, that drives our friendship. You're not looking for a friend saying, how is that person going to benefit me? But you're looking for a friend going, man, what, what, in what ways can I further their relationship with Christ? How can I see them conform more to the image of Christ than they are now? Because that's, those are the types of relationships that we need. Those are the types of the friendships that we want. How can I stir their affection for Christ? How can I make them more like Jesus than they are now? Those are the types of, of relationships that we're after there. So yeah, upward, inward. And then finally, the, the last component to biblical friendship is that it should be outward. And that is that it should have a missional impact on other people. As they look at what friendship in the church looks like, it should cause the, the like being salt to the earth, it should cause the, the world to, to thirst after that to say, man, I want that level of relationship that you guys have there. I want that level, of, uh, to use a, a word that's a buzzword now in our culture, I want that level of community. How can I get that? How can I have that? Because, you know, my weekly golf outing doesn't scratch that itch. My Kiwanis club doesn't sc scratch that itch. My, you know, automotive mechanics club, is, I don't even know if that's a thing, but that doesn't scratch that itch. So I want something more. And so the, the way that we model biblical friendship in the world should have an impact for the kingdom of God in that as well. Yeah, and here's my number two compass active plug. You ready? Why, why not, right? Why not? You gave yeah, me a mic, yeah, so why not? Sure. Hey, we're changing the name from Quality Manhood to, to Compass Active. Compass Active podcast. Manhood um, podcast. 
official. Uh, but no, it, it, we, we see this a lot with Compass Active and when we have the opportunity to invite uh, non-believers out, non-church people to our events. A, a lot of questions that we typically get is like, why are you guys so nice? Like, what, what's up? Like, why are y'all doing this? Like, y'all are having a good time. And it's like, yeah, we like to have a good time too. We play sports, we have fun. Uh, and really, uh, for most non-Christians that when you try to invite them to men's Bible study and they're not familiar with it, there's a barrier of like, yeah, no, that's not for me. But when you invite them to go out and play sports, then that, that's sort of that low bar that they're like, yeah, I can do that. And then they start to realize like, oh, you're, you're like me, right? They think we're some different breed or something. I mean, we are, but at the same time, they're like, I oh, mean, Peter does so call us aliens and strangers, foreigners and exiles. Right. It's Compa- kind of a biblical thing that we are Compass a different Compass active aliens. That's what I'm going to rename it to. Um, thanks for that idea. But yeah, but I mean, they... They, they get, they, they want to come back because of that. They see that love right. and that care and that fun. And even though, you know, we might have competition, but at the end of the day, we, we're praying, we're caring for one another. And it's not like, hey, I'm just coming out here to get a workout for myself. I can care less about you, which typically is what happens when you go to sporting events or some type of rec league game. And so it's even different in that sense to where how we... Uh, go out and work out or how we do our job or how we, like we're talking about today, have those friendships, it's typically going to make the world scratch their head and say, like, what, yeah. what's up with that? And, yeah. and they inquire and ask more questions. Right, right. So upward, inward, outward. So let's, let's talk to, to you guys. Maybe you're sitting there going, okay, I want that. I don't have it. I, wanna, I want more of it. I want to cultivate that in my life. What are some things that we can do? One thing is, is this, and, and this is, again, taken from that book, uh, the company that we keep from John Holmes. But he said this, never do anything alone. And now that's a, an over-exaggeration, right? I mean, there are things that we should do alone. But his point is this. If you're going to go run an errand, if you're going to go for a run, if you're going to go grab lunch, don't go by yourself. Grab somebody, grab a, grab a brother in Christ, grab a friend, and invite them to come with you. I tried to do this yesterday with Kellen right after we talked about this. Like literally, like it was what, five, ten minutes? Not even. Are you it was really going to open up this two door? Two minutes. After we talked about this point, not doing things alone. And I looked at Kel and I said, hey, man, I, I'm going to go grab lunch. You, you, no, 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 I'm no. I'm going to go no, grab no. lunch. Do you want to come with me? you ask me to go? Wendy's. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I didn't want to go see Dave at that point in time. The new one in Aliso, I've been three times since, it's, since it opened. It's amazing. The bacon jalapeno cheeseburger is as close to heaven as we're going to get on this side <laughs> of eternity. Uncle Dave. It huh? opened what? Yeah. And he's been there every day. Three times. They know his name. Three. They don't know he my name. Yeah. PJ Burner double cheeseburger. Right. Oh, yeah. Order. Look, it's that guy coming. <laughs> no. Dude, by the way, if Wendy's is listening, Dave Thomas, if you want to sponsor Quality Manhood, you Please. can write to us is he at. Still alive? Uh, never mind. Yeah, we can't do that. Maybe Steve Jobs will sponsor us then. Yeah, no. He's not. not either. Never mind. What? How did we even get to this point? I don't know. I don't know. This I, is in, this in the is studio when we hit pause and we're like, let's go back and re-record that point. Yeah, if you listen to Quality Man, it seems so fluid. You're like, yeah. wow, those, but there's a lot of times like, yeah, that didn't make sense. But never do anything alone. Like, hey, uh, if a brother invites you to go to lunch at Wendy's, even if you don't want to go, go with him, right? Or I Just can go, go with go, him. Go running during lunch with another brother, Pastor Lucas, that invited me. Oh, yeah. He came, Pastor Lucas came around the corner at the, at same, the same time. time. I was asking Kellen for Wendy's. Pastor Lucas was asking Kellen to go for a run. So they it was were like, testing me. I felt like my job was on the line. Yeah. Like, what are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? And I'm still, I'm still employed, so I guess I, I'm, I'm okay. 
but yeah, but the point is, guys, if you want friendships, you need to be around other men. You can't just sit back and wait for it to happen. So invite right. guys to be a part of the things, the routine things in your life. Yeah. Second thing to do with it is, it, they, they call it informal counseling, right? And that is just be willing to be vulnerable with each other. Right. To open up about what's actually going on in your life. Not just, hey, how was your week? It was good. How was your week? It was good. Awesome. Let's talk about how, oh no, it rained in Southern California. That's going to dominate conversation for the next three days because it never happens, never. right? we need to get deeper than that. And yeah. if you want to get deeper than that, man, we need to be willing to take the lead on that, to, to be the ones that initiate that, yep. um, to set the example in that. And so again, that informal counseling, and the reason why it's counseling is because then if, if you've got a brother in Christ who's willing to do that with you as well, what we need to do there is, is as we weep with those who weep, as we enter into things, the joys even with guys, we need to bring God's word to bear on that. And so we need to be men saturated with the scriptures as it talks about in Colossians 3. Yeah. Um, and it we does. need to be you know, speaking truth to each other in love, but we yeah. need to have those deeper levels of conversations. Yeah, and, and with that, here's something you can do today, right? Even before you leave here with the men sitting at your table, if you're asking yourself this question of how do I get these relationships, a simple question is how can I be praying for you? How can I be praying for you? It starts there, and, and it's twofold there. So a lot of times, as we talked about today, as men, it's like, how can you be praying for me? Uh, you know, just let me have a, a good, productive work week. And, and that just doesn't get us anywhere, and we need to understand that because that's our tendency is like, okay, I know I got this issue right here I need prayer for, but I got to let these guys know I'm, I'm doing okay. No, we, we have, as men have to be able to open up and say, Here, here's the issue. Can you be praying for this? And then as the brother that's asking that question is like truly writing that down, truly praying for it, not just saying it, and then following up on that. That's how you start those relationships and really get to know somebody. And I guarantee you in that small interaction, you get further into a relationship, you develop something, probably more than you know, 95% of the relationships that are out there that are all surface level. So you can ask that question and really get to some tangible areas that you could be praying and then accountability can develop from there. Well, and pray in the moment, right? Yeah. I mean, if a guy, if you're talking to a brother in Christ and you say, hey, how can I pray for you? And they say, you know, my marriage is, is struggling right now and here's the ways it's struggling. I would love for you to pray for me with this. Rather than saying, okay, great, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you or even writing it down and turning around and walk away, pray right then. I mean, that's a way to, to, to grow closer together as brothers in Christ is to pray with each other. Um, not just to say, hey, I'll pray for you. Even if you have the best of intentions and you do pray for that person, great, we should do that. But let's ratchet that up and say, no, let's stop down right now and let's pray together right now. That's one of my favorite things to see on the weekends is when you see people outside on the patio or wherever and they've got their arm around each other and they're, they're praying right there as everything else is going on around them. It's such a cool picture of the church and such a cool picture of, of what we should be doing as, as brothers in Christ um, for one another, with one another. So pray in the moment. But yeah, like Kellen said too, accountability. That's the third, th third thing. So never do anything alone. Um, practice that informal counseling, you know, vulnerability and, and speaking truth in God's word. And then seek accountability and provide accountability. Um, and, and accountability, men, is not two guys struggling with the same sin going, hey, did you struggle with this, this, this week? Why? Language? English? Gone? Mic check. Not here? Still good. Uh, did you struggle this week? Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah, I did too. Oh man, let's struggle together. No, you need a guy that isn't battling the same sin that you're battling. That's gonna be able to come alongside you and, and again, lovingly put his finger in your chest and say, hey, how did this week go? 
And if you're saying it didn't go well, he's gonna say, okay, what went wrong? Let's talk about that. Why did it go wrong? Let's get after what the roots are here. Let's get after what, went, what we can do to radically cut our hand off and throw it from us to amputate sin, to get it out of our lives. So you need to be willing to do that in a brother's life. And then you need, if, if you're that guy and all of us have our sins that we battle, if whatever that sin that you're battling is, you need to seek out that level of accountability. And that, that also fosters and creates and develops biblical friendship as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, friendship, biblical friendship. Um, so, so key, so crucial, so important, and can be so rewarding too. I mean, you think of David and Jonathan, right? That's, uh, that's the, 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 the pinnacle of biblical friendship right there. The relationship that they had, the love for one another that they had, the concern for each other that they had. Um, such a, a great paradigm for us to try to emulate together. Well, man, we will be praying for you this week as you uh, process these things, digest these things, and think through how you can be pursuing uh, more biblical friends in your life who will hopefully serve to make you more like Christ uh, for the glory of God.